Thank you for joining us today on Property Talk from Louise's Lounge. My name is Louise Heatley and I'm Managing Director of Exclusive Links Real Estate. With over 17 years in the real estate industry in Dubai, I know a few things and I know a few people. And through our podcast series, it's an opportunity to bring you some Dubai real estate insights into the market, discuss some interesting topics, have some guest attendees, and it's also an opportunity for you to meet some of our team. Arish Saad is from a diverse background and he holds fluency in English, Arabic and Farsi. As the founder and leading lawyer at Zad Law Firm, he provides tailored services across multiple fields with a primary focus on real estate law with corporate law, contracts and company incorporation. Arash Saad's determined legal consultancy towards real estate matters enables him to work on an individual level and for leading corporate firms. Thank you for joining us today, Arash. It's Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. We're going to talk a lot about real estate rules and regulations. I'm looking uh, forward to it. One of my favorite topics <laughs> as well. Um, so let's get straight in. Sure. Um, let's have some questions about our, for our landlords and for our tenants initially. Please. Um, so there is a new option now for owners to go on to the Dubai Land Rest app and request for a rent valuation for their specific property. Can you give us a little bit more details about all of that? Sure. Um, so the issue started from a place that the rental increase uh, calculator was not getting updated on a regular basis. Mm, it's once a year, isn't it? Once yeah. a year, yeah. So, and the, the rents were increasing and decreasing in, in months. Mm. So there, there had to be a uh, alternative measure so that people can benefit from it and try to get more accurate rent uh, evaluation. So DLD came up with this idea to do uh, an evaluation on the side. So it happens like this, that if you are not happy with the result which you're seeing on the rental increase calculator, then you're going to submit a request to appoint an expert and that expert will give a independent evaluation on your specific property, mm. which is very much accurate. Uh, it has, it will consider so many different factors to come up with the right evaluation. Then you can use this uh, to claim rental increase mm. from your tenant. Okay, so does it take, where there's an average rental rate, as you've said, it's not really accurate because it doesn't consider views, pools, Correct. upgrades, different things that are all bulked together to change that average rate. So when they actually come with the rental valuation amount, are they allowed to increase all the way to that exact rental amount or do they 5%, 10%, 15%, yeah. 20%? We still, we're still limited by those brackets. Yeah. So okay. it's not like they can increase all the way. So because now in some locations we see the rents are showing double yeah. what it's showing. The rent. So obviously uh, they won't agree with that. Uh, we can always request, but would you get the right uh, result? Uh, definitely not. Yeah. So if the landlord says to the tenant, do you mind? <laughs> Will you pay yeah. me this? If they agree. If they're happy. Yeah, if it's everybody's mutual happy. understanding. Yes. Otherwise, the maximum is still 20%. Correct, yeah. Okay. And, and a bit more on the renewals. Um, can the landlords um, or, or tenants, can you request changes to the checks or the security deposit amounts? 
What's the, uh, is there laws that you can, can't? Mm. So, so the rule of thumb is that you cannot change any terms and conditions of the agreement. It has to be renewed with the same terms and conditions, unless if both parties agreed to, uh, to accept those changes. Mm. Any changes to the agreement has to be communicated in writing three months prior to the expiry. Mm. Yeah, and then um, uh, rental increase, it has, to, it has its own way of communication. It has to be as per the uh, allowed uh, increase. And then other changes like number of checks or method of payment has to be communicated with the tenant and the tenant has to approve mm. and have consent on that. Mm. Otherwise, no. You so it's like a renegotiation with mutual right. improvement. Yeah. Um, and another one that mm -hmm. we always talk about, the 12 months notice, okay. vacating tenants, yeah. a lot of little bit of maybe misunderstandings there. So can you just talk us through about the legalities of issuing vacation notices, the 12 month minimum notice? Okay. Um, normally this will be the case when um, the owner is renewing the, the tenancy contracts and then all of a sudden they decide to either sell the property or to rent it to someone else, um, for example, oh, sorry, to use it themselves, mm. demolish, do a major construction and, and maintenance. In those scenarios, if you need the tenant to leave the property and get a full eviction, you need to inform them 12 months prior to, um, uh, to the eviction date. So uh, the eviction notice has to be served through uh, notary public mm -hmm. or uh, registered uh, address. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, the court is also accepting uh, communication, a formal communication through a registered email address, which is written on the agreement as well. Oh, okay. okay. I heard that. So, um, so they have to be careful because I received lots of inquiries saying that, uh, no, but we just been served through email. Mm -hmm. So if uh, if I am their lawyer, I will advise them that, okay, send it by uh, uh, courier, a registered mm. post, mm. and then send it by email as well. Mm. Because chances are there that if they don't receive it through the courier, even the email can mm. be accepted, not mandatory. So okay. the judge has the discretion to accept it or reject it. Okay, so that's after they've done the registered mail, just a backup Correct, yeah, email yeah. I always do that. So if you're okay. sending through notary, we normal send it through notary. Yeah. We don't rely on couriers. Yeah, I was going to say, we always encourage that notary just to guarantee the content. Correct. And that it will actually be served as delivered. Right. Um, because if they put it on the door and someone doesn't sign for it. It's not valid. It's not legal no, no, notice? No, uh, the legal notice through the is, notary, yes, it yes. is notice because okay. they're going to uh, register, they're going to write, uh, they're going to submit their uh, the result mm. of the uh, notification. But not registered that mail. We went there, they didn't open the door, we stick it on the wall yeah. or on the door or something. Okay, so that's, that's valid acceptable. through the courts, yes. exactly. So if the individual doesn't receive it, but there's a service delivery from the courts, it's completely valid. Correct, yes. Okay, the same goes for the registered mail? Um, so registered mail, they have a tendency that they don't leave it there. They yeah. just go there, they want to make sure that someone will sign their paper. Okay. So because that's be the only way they can prove we went there and uh, they didn't sign. Mm. Eventually, they will stick it on the on the door. We'll follow that concept right, yeah. going forward. Yeah. Um, okay, so when uh, something that we get between our uh, clients when we're looking at sales, 
So if a landlord has served a notice to sell the property, mm -hmm. which you've said is one of the reasons they're allowed to give the minimum 12 months, and they've served the notice to the tenant to sell the property, but they actually sell the property d during the duration of that contract, does that legal notice that that seller pass to the new buyer or does the new buyer, if they want to use the property for themselves, have to issue another 12-month notice? They don't need to. The first notice that was served by the, land, by the landlord or by the owner is acceptable. It will pass on to the new buyer because in most cases, the new buyer is buying the property, relying on that notice, knowing that the tenant was served and automatically uh, they will be asked to leave. Obviously, if the tenant decides not to leave and respect that notice, then still the buyer can go to the court and ask for eviction based on the same notice. They don't need to serve another notice. Okay. There is one thing here. You cannot change the purpose of the notice. That's given. For example, <coughs> if the seller, if the owner, the current owner, serves a notice to the tenant saying that, leave the, the property because I want to sell it. And then during the time he sells, the new uh, owner who is coming there to purchase or is purchasing the property cannot go and rent the property. Mm. The property will be blocked for renting because the notice says that they want to sell. Okay. So if the, the new owner wants to um, rent it to someone, then they have to serve a notice. Right. <coughs> so, so you cannot change the purpose of the use, mm. right? But you can benefit from the first notice. Mm. So if there's already an existing tenancy, a buyer can't come along and then go, thank you, out you go, now I'm going to rent it. They can really only no. use that notice For to themselves. occupy the property themselves. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. great to know. Um, let's talk a little bit about our investors in Dubai. Um, so are there any laws that can protect or compensate uh, an investor if a project is delayed? We're dealing with a lot of off-plan at the moment. Sure. And I think a big concern is what if it's not ready when the contract says it's ready? So is there anything there that we can talk about that really gives the clients sure. a bit of security? Sure. Um, clarity on terms uh, of default in the agreement that's the biggest savior if you are signing a sell and purchase agreement with the developer you have to make sure that those terms and conditions are super clear mm. there is no doubt about it and you totally understand it and you agree mm. so one of the things that unfortunately some investors they neglect is reading their agreement mm. to understand that what are the terms and conditions um, some developers they tend to put uh, um, a one-sided uh, term which allows them to have as much as delay as they want. 12 months after 12 months after 12 months. Mm. So if you have signed such an agreement, then you cannot expect the mm. judge to grant you with any judgment in your favor. Mm. But in a normal situation, most of the reputable uh, developers, they mention that, okay, the completion date will be on this date. We will have a grace period of six months, maximum one year. Mm. That's it. I suppose it depends what you buy and which developer. And as Correct. you say, if somebody wants to say, we will guarantee you this date or and, and put in penalties, then that gives them a little bit more of the security. That's the, that's the second part, yeah. The second part is that aside from the promise, there will be some penalties involved. Mm -hmm. 
that developers, in order to show how reliable their promises is, they will agree to pay penalty in mm. case of delay per day. Mm. Yeah, so that shows that, okay, what, but then again, you need to consider that if they put a penalty and you agree, then you cannot request more than that amount. Mm. Yeah, it's already agreed. The it's penalty an agreed terms compensation. Yeah. It does give security, though. I think it says if putting your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Right. We are going to deliver this product, and mm. this is what's going to happen if you don't. Um, so read your contracts <laughs> for sure. Right. Yes. And talking about the contracts, sizes, and materials. There's sometimes a little bit of discrepancy Another there. Another problematic area. <laughs> <laughs> you like all these cases. Yeah, yeah, we, we handle them <laughs> on a daily basis. We receive these inquiries. So uh, size and material, um, again, goes back to the agreement. The agreements, sometimes they uh, elaborate about the materials and the quality of those materials. So if this has been clearly specified in the agreement that we will provide you something at this range, mm. so they have to respect that. If they give you products uh, with a lower quality, or even worse, if they don't give you those products, mm. obviously gives you the right to ask for compensation. Mm. I would advise people to first negotiate with the developer. Don't go right away through uh, filing a lawsuit. Mm. Yeah, because lawsuits are like an investment. You have mm. to spend money, wait, and and it's stressful, it's it is financial, stressful. it's yeah. the whole inconvenience. Correct. Yeah. So better to try to solve this outside the court, negotiate with the developer. If it doesn't give you the, the results, then you go and file a case. The case will be compensation case. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty straightforward. Normally the judge will appoint an expert uh, to do a evaluation, to read the contract, see what they have promised and what they have given. Mm -hmm. And uh, if there is a discrepancy, then the judge will ask them that, okay, evaluate the damages. Mm. And then based on that, the judge will decide. There is absolutely no guarantee. There is no obligation on the judge to go 100% as per the expert's report. Mm, okay. Yeah. So it just comes down to their review of the contract and what's being delivered. Yeah. Okay. So f I'll give you an example. Maybe it will be interesting for yeah. you. We, there was a developer, without naming anyone, um, they promised, uh, they sold a, um, a hotel apartment, a five-star hotel apartment, and then at the time of delivery, they said that, guys, come and sign a consent letter. We are changing it to a residential apartment. Oof. Okay. <laughs> huge, <laughs> How many cases? Huge yeah, difference, huge, right? Yeah. So obviously there were a lot of investors who were unhappy. Mm. So they come to me, and what we do back in the years um, we said that, okay, let's appoint an expert. So we received 12 uh, experts report from 12 different cases. These are all independent experts, not yeah, involved. Yeah. yeah, You would be surprised. Even these reports were not identical. Mm. Some of them they were given in the right, some of them they are not. Yeah, so opinions. then imagine then when the judge reads this, then there's a, a, a third per person here involved yeah. who needs to decide. So yeah. <laughs> it can get There's quite no complicated, isn't it? It can get yeah. complicated and it's quite vague. You cannot see what is the outcome Yeah. until you, you start. Until you get in and <laughs> see what happens. But that's where your advice comes in and your experience. Happy to help. Um, let's talk a little bit about the resale market. Um, we've got buyers and sellers there entering into contracts with each other. Um, is there any considerations in order for them to safeguard that agreement? And if an individual buyer and seller have a dispute, what happens in those cases? 
at the end of the day, the only uh, valuable documents in place is the agreement that they have signed. Mm. I cannot emphasize enough on the importance of this agreement. Mm. It has to be drafted in a proper way. It has to, uh, it has to cover all the necessary uh, protection clauses, both for buyer or seller, mm. and uh, to, to describe the events of default, to describe the events of, um, or the, the obligations of both parties. Mm. In many cases, we see that they are so vague, they haven't uh, drafted it in a proper and professional way which doesn't tackle all the issues that we face mm. on daily basis. Mm. If there was a term in there, you could actually avoid a lot of pain and dispute True. later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you spend enough time and effort on your agreement and perfect it, it will protect both parties mm. and it will secure your deal to the, to the best level possible. Mm. But if you don't have a proper agreement, most probably one of the parties who wants to back out or misuse uh, their their knowledge of this, they're going to go to a lawyer and tell them that okay, we have this agreement, mm. how we can exit, how mm. we can break they it. Find like a little loophole, a loophole. Of yeah, something yeah, to yeah. break. Yeah, you'll be surprised to see how many loopholes <laughs> will be there. <laughs> not all contracts, I <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> but um, if there is a dispute, they go to the normal courts. Court. Yeah, Correct. in Dubai. Yeah. Okay, and then they the go through that court. process. Um, now, we use the Dubai Land Department REST app, mm -hmm. which is the electronic form mm -hmm. of the purchase and sales agreement between a buyer and seller. Um, so, could you talk us through, one, are these electronic forms, they're electronic approval, they're not signed, are they still okay at the courts, and what is the benefits of using the electronic approved form Fs or MOUs or purchase and sales agreements, as, as, mm -hmm. as people say? A good question. So uh, to answer your first question, yes, it's valid and it will stand in the court. Uh, electronic uh, approvals are acceptable now. There was a new law also confirming mm. that. Um, on the other hand, there is a misunderstanding between many people I have seen that they think this is mandatory. It's not mandatory. It's good to use it because of the safety. And people should know that the reason this was created was because of secrecy. They wanted to keep the information of both buyer and seller secret and mm. confidential so that they cannot contact each other and uh, cut the broker out of this t transaction. Mm. So basically, this is for broker's protection more than anything else. I've been told that there was a story behind it. And the story was like this, that a real estate broker takes a potential buyer to see a villa. I think in Palm Jumeirah or somewhere like that. Mm. So when they knock on the door to do a visit, the tenant, the villa was tenanted, uh, stops the broker from entering and says that only the, the buyer is allowed to come in. The buyer goes in <laughs> to, show, to show them around. Turns out the tenant is a real estate broker. Oh. Gives his contact <laughs> details to this person and says that I can close this deal for you because I'm the tenant uh -huh. and um, let's cut the broker out. Oh, this doesn't surprise me. <laughs> a wonderful market, a wonderful real estate market. So right after that, I believe that these uh, incidents um, encourage the you know, DLD to have this application yeah. in place so that people, they don't get to know each other, the seller and buyer. The information will, yeah. kept, uh, will be kept in uh, um, confidential 
till the transaction is done. There's a lot of improvements out of things like this, things that have gone wrong. Correct. And then they're born out of situations, mm. and then, then it just gets better and better for us. Mm. Um, does it help with people not being able to withdraw if they've got a registered application on the DLD REST app, and it's there? Does it does it do any protection so no, none of the parties can actually easily withdraw from that agreement unless they both agree, or it makes no difference? It's not an extra protection layer. Mm. Um, it's just a, a formality. It has the same value and power as a manual agreement. Mm. As long as people sign, whether electronically or manually, that agreement is binding. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So uh, either the electronic and or yeah. a manual uh, signature. Correct. Both as long as they have done it in the right way, it's, it's binding on both. Good stuff. And you've got a lot of experience in <laughs> real estate matters. Um, have you got any tips or advice out there for our audience? Uh, general tips and advice. Uh, see, what I suggest to everyone, Dubai's market is an extremely beneficial market for people who want to invest in real estate if they do it in the right way. Uh, greed should not cause uh, investors to try to save on money and not to do it in a proper way. If you receive uh, an offer to be so good to be true, 99.9% .9 of the time, there's something wrong there. Mm. So you have to be extra cautious and mm. vigilant when you are offered with something extremely... Mm. Uh, it's too good to be true, to, it to possibly is. It is, yeah. yeah. So, so in those situations, make sure that you do your due diligence. Mm. <clears throat> That's number one. Number two is that when it comes to buying a property or selling your property, make sure that you get your agreements vetted. You get them uh, read by an expert mm -hmm. uh, lawyer who knows about real estate. So we have real estate lawyers, we have uh, general uh, lawyers. It doesn't mean that all lawyers can uh, have a uh, proper understanding of the agreement. Mm. Get advice, let them read your agreement, see if there is anything that can be improved in the agreement to protect your, your investment. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it doesn't matter because even as, as, as a seller, you might be signing an agreement that will put you in trouble mm. because it will drag the transaction forever because of the clauses which protects mm. the buyer more than the seller. Mm. Uh, these are the two advices. Yeah. Uh, stop the greed and then uh, make sure that your agreement is bulletproof. No, that's great advice. Um, I, do, I do agree where some of the transactions can be a little bit complex and if there was tighter terms in there, it would actually save a lot of time and a lot of pain potentially in uh, getting things Absolutely. over the line. So, yeah. well, thank you very much, Arash. My pleasure. I love that conversation. Thank you um, very much. I'm sure you've answered a lot of questions and uh, clarified a lot of uh, misunderstandings and a lot of the terms. Always so, happy to help. Um, I really appreciate that. And thank uh, you. hopefully you'll come back again sometime. Sure, why not? <laughs> in your busy schedule. When the laws are updated, I will come to give Please, you an update. Yes, come and tell us and keep us on top of things. Sure, I will. Do thank that. you very much, Arash. My pleasure. Great having thank you. you. Thank you for joining us today on Property Talk from Louise's Lounge. Hope you've enjoyed the session. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback or comments or suggestions for future episodes, please do let us know and tune in again soon.